Hi everyone, I'm Beth and I'm Emily and welcome to Let's Talk Tots, your honest guide to thriving with an under five and beyond. In this podcast, we promise to be open and honest with the good, the bad and the ugly aspects of parenting. Along with business spotlights and showcasing charities, we'll be sharing real experiences on popular topics as well as those taboo subjects. Today we've got um, Emma and Shelley on from Connected Perinatal Support. So guys, we've asked um, the listeners some questions and they've sent you um, quite a few questions in. So do you both just want to introduce yourselves and what your role is within Connected? Yeah, of course. Shelley, do you want to go first and then hand to me? Yeah, that's fine. Hi, I'm Shelley. Um, I'm one of the directors at Connected Perinatal Support. Um, I oversee lots of different things within the service, um, but tend to lead on things that are sort of community-based and making sure that the service that we provide um, meets the needs of the community. And I'm Emma, so I'm one of the other directors at Connected. Um, again, like Shelley, kind of do lots within the service, but I tend to lead on making sure what we deliver is safe and effective and overseeing the one-to-one side of support. And then sort of outside of work, what are your interests? Oh, um, so outside of work, when we do get a chance, I like to go out to eat at restaurants, Um and just socialise with friends and family, really. Yeah, I've got to confess, outside of work, I'm a fully-fledged football mum. <laughs> so I spent <laughs> half my life outside of a football pitch. Um, but I actually really love it. Oh, good. I feel like I've got this coming with my two boys. I've got two boys and their dad is sports mad. So I just, yeah, I think I'm destined to be like you, Emma. <laughs> yeah, I do enjoy it. It's surprising how much... Um, you can take it for granted, but I do actually enjoy it. It's, it's harder in the, the wet, darker months, but yeah, it is quite a nice social aspect as well. One of the questions we got asked was, how did Connected Perinatal Support come about? Yeah, so Connected Perinatal Support was established as an independent organisation um, in June 2021. Um, it was previously um, known as Derby Community Parent Programme and then we went under some different changes and became independent at that point. And what's your favourite part of, of your job? Um, my favourite part of the job, um, it, I love so many different bits of it and I love that each day is completely different. So I can be go from sitting in sort of like some quite serious meetings around finances and funding and some, you know, um, serious parts of what we deliver um, but then I get to meet families I could be at a coffee morning or then delivering volunteer training so there's so many different aspects that's kind of my favorite part of it yeah I'd say I'm pretty similar I think um, nothing quite gives you the buzz like when you come out of like a, a family visit or working with our volunteers and um, that's like the ultimate high of I'd say mine and Shelley's day we both come out and just like oh you can't beat that magic and um, that's what sort of keeps us grounded but like Shelley I, I like that no day is the same as the next it's always different um, and every week is different to that previous as well. And then what can Connected uh, Perinatal Support offer to families? So um, Connected, um, in a nutshell, um, we train volunteers from the local community to provide peer support for expectant and new parents. Um, that looks like what parents and families um, want it to look like. So there's so much that we can sort of offer to support, but we do things like coffee mornings, um, different events. Um, and we also provide one-to-one support. So we would match a volunteer with a family and they would sort of like walk alongside them and just support them on their um, journey to parenthood. Um, 
the volunteers are trained to provide support during labour and birth if needs be. Um, and each family is different, so each um, piece of support will look different. Do they have to be referred to come to you guys then? or? So for one-to-one support, we do ask for a referral, but that can be a professional or self-referral. Um, it's sort of open as possible. So there is a form, but equally, if somebody just phones us, we will chat to somebody and, and sort of take a referral that way as well. Um, then our community-based support, like our bumped baby groups, um, they're all free and you can just turn up on the day. You don't need to book. Um, they're hopefully designed that whether it's a good day or a bad day, and you feel like getting out of the house or that you need to get out of the house, there is somewhere that you can just go to without any extra effort to refer in or anything like that. What do you think's your sort of most popular um, group that you offer? It kind of varies week to week and we set up different things and try and be reactive. Um, some of our groups at children's centres are quite pop- quite popular as dropping copy mornings, I think because of the location. Um, but what's surprised us is how popular our dad's session has been, our dad's group. Um, we'd not set up anything like that before and we set it up a couple of months ago. And sometimes it takes a while to build. Um, people come into groups, but the dad's group was well attended on the very first session and has been ever since. So that was quite surprising for us. Now that leads us nicely on to the question. This is one that I'm quite personally excited to hear about as well. So um, somebody has asked um, that they've seen that you offer dad spaces um, and what does it include? What does it look like? So it's all of our groups. Um, I was talking specifically about the dad's group, but a lot of this applies to the other groups as well, is that they're just really neutral spaces. They're really casual and relaxed. Um, there's no pressure to come and cover a certain activity or topic or anything like that. Um you can expect to find at the dad's group a member of Derby County Community Trust so that is a male facilitator um, alongside one of our perinatal peer supporters who is female um, so whether you want to come and talk about you know what you what you're having for tea and some of sort of what you've been up to that week that's fine but equally if you want to come and talk about becoming a father or a parent that's okay as well um the facilitators are very much led by who attends and and sort of the feels of the group yeah just a warm friendly welcome I'd say at any of our groups and just no questions asked if if you're there and you know you want to walk through that door we'll welcome welcome you into that with open arms I don't know if you'd add anything there, Shelley. No, I think it, um, it's been really interesting with the dad's group um, how um, open lots of the dads are to talking about their experiences um, and that that's really helpful. They've kind of found it helpful to hear that and feedback has been they've not really had a space necessarily to do that before um, and they can't quite put their finger on why they feel so comfortable to do that at that group but for some reason um, it's really working for them. Well, I think I think that's really important because there isn't when you, you start out your motherhood journey there's quite a lot of support isn't there and obviously mm. you go to antenatal classes and you get to go and see your midwife whereas dad's that is sometimes missing for them isn't it and I think it's about that accessibility as well so if somebody is at work quite soon after labour and birth actually being able to access a variety of different groups at different times I think that's really key Um, and quite often for example like maternity appointments and things will be in the daytime so partners can't always attend so just having that space that you can just turn up to we offer a daytime one and an evening one so hopefully something that works for most. And are they the same format the day and the evening or are they a little bit different? 
Um, again, we're very led by what the dads or, or parents would want, but they're in different locations. Um, but both co-hosted with Derby County Community Trust, so we've got um, um, someone from there as well. But both in terms of the actual themes of the group, like that they're similar. Um, the daytime one, perhaps a little less well attended, but um, we'll keep we're there every week. So you know, if anybody does need it on that day, we're there for them to drop into. We find that you get dads from sort of, are they all ones that have recently become a dad or do you get them from sort of all different stages? Well, it's quite interesting actually. Um, We get dads from all different stages because I think, I may be wrong here, but... um, from what we know, there's not historically been a lot of places for dads to access. So while with um, when we're providing support to um, mums, um, we will often find that, um, that there's, there are other avenues for people to access support for dads. Historically, there hasn't been. Um, so, yeah, we, we had one dad attend whose children were grown up, but he'd never really spoken to anyone about what that looked and felt like for him during when they were babies and during the birth so that's quite interesting but then also a mix of um, new and expectant dads as well so but that dynamic works really well because they can kind of share experiences and sort of like advice and tips and what worked for them and how things have changed so I think it's quite powerful having that mix within the group yeah massively that's really really nice and I think Sometimes dads, like you said, dads just don't ask the questions, do they? I think they just keep thinking, oh, I've just got to get on with it and be okay. So it's nice to have that safe space for them. Yeah, and I think sometimes it's just reassuring to hear somebody else say something that rings true to you as well. Sometimes there's things that people sort of hold within them, positive and negative, but don't always share. And then when you hear somebody else say it, you think, oh, yeah that's how I felt or that's what we experienced or what I experienced so it can just be really powerful just even listening to other people even if you wanted to come and not say anything just listening and being part of that session is really powerful and then if we go back to the what you offer obviously for mums and new mums so obviously you've you've got the bumped baby groups I know you said that there was support in birth that looks a different way for everybody so some people will want that as part of a one-to-one support package so that they'll build that rapport and trust up with um, a volunteer but then potentially a few others as well because we tend to have a rotor around a labour and birth um, equally some people will just ring through and say I just want somebody to support at my labour and birth and that's okay as well in terms of from our end, we put um, a bit of a rotor together and we look at who's available 24-7 for two weeks before due date and two weeks after or until baby arrives. Um, and then we'll always create a bit of a calendar for the, the family so that they know who to ring um, on what day. Uh, wherever possible, we'll introduce them to the volunteers who will be on call as well. So it's not just a stranger turning up. Having said that, our volunteers are really well skilled at turning up at somebody's bedside and making them feel really comfortable whether they're a stranger or not. Um, So if that is ever the case, reassurance, the volunteers will do an amazing job at just feeling like they've always known you. Parents will then ring through when it feels appropriate to them, whether they want text and phone support through that labour and birth or if they want somebody to physically go to them and support them as well. So the, the volunteers are really well um, trained to know what choices there are um, to know how to support um, hopefully a, as calm as possible labour and birth experience or cesarean experience um, thinking about things like music and movement and aromatherapy um, they're really sort of 
well-trained to have those conversations and find out what each person wants. So obviously what one person wants will be very different to the next. Um, They're all really good as well at not sort of they're not there to replace a midwife and um, so they hopefully um, and the feedback is that they do complement that role they're not there to step on toes or to get in the way but actually to make that um, midwifery care easier and more effective as well. Well I think that's really important you know especially for the parents or mums to be that haven't been through it before because you don't I remember not with my first but with my second we were in I was in a c-section never sort of been through it before and actually you need to have somebody that's like support but is knows what your options are and has spoken Mm. to you about that I think that's yeah I think that's a really great thing you offer yeah and quite often for for some families that person is the only person who's not paid to be in that room as well so that's really powerful just having somebody there that's there because they want to be there and because they care which obviously maternity staff do care and everything but they're also paid there as part of their role Mm. so somebody who's there just for, for purely the good good value in that I think as well the volunteers are really well prepared to do that well because they get training so our tra- part of our training um, is that they have three sessions with a senior midwife that that ses- training session is delivered on the labour ward so they get an opportunity to reflect and debrief on their own birth experiences so that they're actually well placed to process those they they have a look around the labour ward. They know what to expect. They know um, like what the chairs, how the chairs move and little different things that actually, if you've never been there before, it can be really reassuring to have somebody who's got that confidence and, and knows that actually one of the questions get, get asked quite a lot is, oh, am I allowed to do that? And just having somebody say, you know, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Let's have conversations about this. And I think that's really powerful in terms of that, that birth support. So Emma and I both started as volunteers and we both provided birth support as volunteers. And it is such a privilege. It eats different you know support was completely different different family dynamics different deliveries different things going on for for each family but each and every single one was absolute privilege and you can't sort of like describe the feeling that it gives you as a volunteer to be supporting in that and it's it's really really important to us now we're in different roles within the service that volunteers are, are well supported within that so we have a member of staff on backup call so we're checking in with our volunteers we know what's going on we really support them to be able to just enjoy and do what they really want to do which is support someone through through that experience to touch then on you obviously you guys used to um do that before you moved into your new roles have you got any moments that sort of stand out for you or any really favorite moments on that do you know what i love it and you know what one thing that i sort of really stands out for me obviously i used to love supporting families and parents and we still obviously do have lots of contact with the families and the parents that we come in to play with but the way that it happened with us setting up the new service and kind of moving from like roles within the service to actually running the service and having complete responsibility for it was that I never marked the last day that I provided that peer support. And I wish I'd known that because I would have pressured it even more, if that makes sense. So that sort of stands out for me that I really do miss that. I also love the responsibilities and being able to facilitate that connection for lots of other people within the community now but I do miss it as well a little bit myself. For me I'll never forget meeting my first family for one-to-one support not 
not because of anything like I don't want to go too too personal but like I just remember thinking wow this is this is powerful like I've been allowed into somebody's home and they've shared things with me and they trust me with that and I don't know I carried that responsibility quite heavily like it was just so yeah like like Shelley said a, a privilege to be allowed into somebody's home and for them to share some things with me just to sort of embrace me as part of of their pregnancy experience and yeah it's just just really powerful like I don't I don't know that there's any one point I could pull out because every moment of it like as cheesy as it sounds it's just so special like every part of it just is amazing it really is I can't even describe it like we often say you could read our website you can read an email from us but you'll never grasp that magic until you meet or see it in action kind of thing like it's just so so yeah it's just amazing <laughs> so so actually the people asked about then about volunteers so they've said um I see I've seen that you want volunteers how would I go about doing this oh good question <laughs> I love that question so if someone was interested in volunteering or just wanted to find out a little bit more about what that looks like on our website there is sort of a link what you just click and fill in a very brief expression of interest form and um, we are really lucky as a service that we tend to get oversubscribed for each year so we recruit and train one cohort of volunteers a year because the training is quite lengthy and quite in-depth if you just complete that expression of interest we will then be in touch we've got a couple of information sessions coming up where you can actually join us virtually um, and meet some of the other volunteers ask some questions find out a little bit more depth about what it all looks like so I would encourage anyone who even if you're just a little bit interested or curious um, yeah get in touch get involved you can give us a ring you can um, send us a message contact us on our social media um, and then we're happy to have a conversation with you in terms of what the actual volunteer journey looks like, I'll hand over to Em to sort of fill, fill that in because feedback from our volunteers is that they absolutely love what they do and that's our priority as a service to ensure our volunteers are happy, motivated, feel safe to deliver the support. Oh, yeah, so um, the training is a three-week sort of introductory course um, that's really gentle. Um, this cohort that we're recruiting now will start in November and it will be face-to-face. Um, so through COVID, we've done um, online and then we've done a bit of a hybrid approach for the most recent cohort, but we are going to do face-to-face next time. After that, we do a bit of a, a an interview so it's a semi-formal interview and we support volunteers with that so for some people that might be the first interview they've had or in a long time um, equally others will just be sort of quite comfortable with that as well we then do little bits and bobs like dbs checks and we'll work with you to do those on an individual basis um, and then we do a further 23 weeks of training um, it is one day a week and we do it in school hours and term time only um, so hopefully it does work for any people who do have children you don't have to have children to be a volunteer um, something that we just look for is that uh, an approach sort of of care to the community around around somebody so you don't have to have certain lived experience to be considered to be a volunteer or anything like that and we just want to hear about you and what your qualities are and there's no sort of set skills or academic qualifications or anything like that either just well I heard you mention the word COVID (laughs) (laughs) did that cause any did you have to do anything differently or did I guess that came with challenges as you said you had to move it online were there any other challenges involved with COVID during this for the service oh 
<laughs> I was just going to say, oh God, yes. <laughs> yes, many challenges. <laughs> so with COVID, I think we were going through some transitions as a service at that point. So there was a number of challenges around that. But then when we did sort of become an independent service, we did complete a piece of engagement work, um, looking at the um, experiences of families who have exper- experienced perinatal loss or birth trauma. So I think some of the limitations of that through COVID were that you can't get out on the ground. It was it was really difficult to sort of go out and meet people where they feel comfortable and, and have those conversations. So we were very much limited to online and phone and text conversations only. Um, so I think that sort of removal of face-to-face, whilst for some people online and phone and text was more comfortable, so it, it sort of encouraged us into a way of working that was beneficial to some I think sometimes the limitations of that did mean that we, we missed people or it made it harder to access for people um, so I think that was like one of the big things uh, although we did have volunteers um, sitting out on benches in the pouring rain doing visits with families when we weren't allowed into properties and yeah. things like that like they still went and did as much support as they could within sort of the guidance that was out at the time. I think as well, we're still seeing the impact of COVID now. So we've got lots of families who were supporting who um, either experienced a loss and things um, during COVID and that's obviously challenging, but also people who had a baby during COVID and they're now having another baby and that experience is just so completely different. It's very challenging for people. So that's something that we're seeing even though COVID has settled down a little bit now it's still really really impacting people's mental health and experiences. I heard you mention the word birth trauma so obviously on here we said we discuss all sort of the good the bad and the ugly of it so how, how do you support the people that have got you know have had birth trauma or have, have had a loss? Again it's different for everybody people will want different support but I would say key thing is listening um, and also finding out what people do want that what support do they want not taking it for granted that it will look a certain way um, so all of our volunteers the main thing we sort of support them during training is to, to give um, families time attention and respect so and a big part of that is active listening and then being led by the parent as the parents often know what actions or if they want to do something or actually if just talking about it is enough. Um, the training um, equips the volunteers to sort of support parents to navigate their own journey. So they're kind of in charge of what that looks like. But we also do have really close links and work closely with our perinatal mental health team. So we are there as peers and we know when to refer or signpost or or help parents to access different support if that's what's needed if that makes sense it is a big part of what we do and um, spoke about the engagement work we did and that's really informed how we do deliver the service and we do ask open questions about pregnancies and you know previous losses and for some people they, they don't want to talk about that and they want to focus on that but for others actually it's a big part and it you know it's really important that we are open to have conversations about that what sort of hospital support do you offer 
So our volunteers um, are dotted around the Royal Derby Hospital on various different wards, different days of the week. Um, our ideal is that we'll be there a, a lot more than we already are as we grow as a team. Um, but you might come across our volunteers on the pre and postnatal ward, so Ward 314, um, just doing ward rounds, having conversations at bedside, um, just offering conversation and somebody to speak to, but also signposting and links to your community around you of what might be beneficial to you once you aren't in hospital they'll also go on to the neonatal unit so again having conversations with families cot side um, supporting families to prepare for their transition into the community um, after their neonatal stay um, and then they also go on to the beaches mother and baby mental health unit as well again doing ward visits just having conversations just being a really neutral person um, who can support with whatever the need is they there's a bit of a common theme really that there isn't a set <laughs> set agenda with what we offer it's more kind of just go be present listen and be guided by who's in front of us and that sort of does go across all of our services so it might seem like we're being a bit vague but it is very much just tailored by who's in front of us and what what they want I think that part is so important I know obviously when, when I had Ezra he wasn't straightforward and you know if there'd have been a volunteer there the poor volunteer would have probably got every side of me the laughing and the emotional but it's really you know it's massive going through birth isn't it and it just looks different every time so I think to have somebody that is walking around available to have a conversation is so important bro are they there on Saturdays or yeah so at the moment at the moment it's a Wednesday um, and they tend to do the ward rounds for all of those areas on a Wednesday however we do work really closely with maternity and are welcome to go onto the wards any days it's just a case of as our team grows that that will hopefully grow as well and just give it also gives people particularly if you're on a long hospital stay that reassurance that you will see a familiar face that isn't perhaps in a uniform or there for a clinical task actually somebody who is just there to visit and go how things go in Um, and equally that's where we also meet a lot of partners and non-birthing parents um, because they are likely to be around at that point as well so it just gives them another touch point yeah yeah that's why I didn't see you guys because I left on a Wednesday (laughs) 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 okay so we're gonna take it back to lots of talks now because someone actually messaged lots for talks and said that they loved your article in lots for talks and will there be any more Yes, absolutely. As long as you'll have us, we'll, we'll keep joining in. Um, Lots of Tots is such a useful resource for sort of like expecting and new parents and then as they, you know, carry on on their journey. So absolutely, um, we just like to keep you up to date with what's happening and, and what we're sort of learning. We're always learning and growing as a service. So we, we like to share that with you guys wherever possible. Definitely still want you, so it's nice <laughs> for me to see. Uh, yeah, the people are reading it, and people like it, so they will be back. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Tots. We would love to get your input, so follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Let's Talk Tots Podcast, where you can send your questions, share your experiences, and stay up to date with the topics we discuss, businesses we showcase, and get important information from the charities we work with.